Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game of Love podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Smith, and I am excited because today I have matchmaker, dating coach for men, and my dear friend, Talia, we met. Talia, thank you so much for being on the Game of Love today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am thrilled to have you here for so many reasons. Number one, you are an amazing matchmaker based in New York. And did you recently expand too? I did. I actually expanded to Miami. And I mean, with the pandemic, it just made sense because so many New Yorkers decided to relocate and move to Miami. It was like your same clientele. They just went from one state to the other and perfect. Pretty much. And now half of them are coming back and I'm like, you know what I'm here for? (laughs) That's right. Well, like I was saying, you are an expert in your fields and you and I found each other, I don't know how many months ago, it was within this last year and you and I became instant friends and we have so much in common. We're like two peas in a pod. And so I wanted to have you come on the show and we can talk because every time we get on the phone and you know, we talk for like at least an hour every time. Every time we talk, I'm like, oh my gosh, why is the mic not on right now? Because people would want to hear this and in some cases need to hear this because, you know, we're two industry experts coming together. And you guys, like to everyone that's listening right now, real talk, what happens on these calls, it's freaking magic for one. Like the Talia and I both share a lot of psychic gifts. And so when we are talking, we are vibing and we're reading each other. And we are also really real with each other. So, you know, I will call Talia when I'm like, ooh, there's something going down. (laughs) I need your help. So you are one of my (laughs) go-tos. I am so honored. (laughs) Jess, you are also one of my go-tos. Oh my gosh. You always give such a fresh perspective. So it's great to have someone with a different lens. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And likewise for you too. And I I love how you have the ability to really read people and and see things that are more spiritual in nature. And, and I want to talk about that today because you and I have talked about it privately and how we can bring our intuition and spirituality into our love lives. So we're going to definitely talk about that. But first, let's talk about dating and matchmaking. And since I'm not a matchmaker, I don't know what's going on out there as as far as matchmaking goes. So what is it like right now with, with matchmaking? No, Jess, it's, there's just no better time for it. Everyone, because of this pandemic, or not everyone, but I'd say most of everyone, that was single during the pandemic has decided, you know what, with all of our busy lives on pause and we're able to really reflect, we're realizing that we want that connection. And I've never been so busy. I mean, I had a wait list in July. I had a second wait list in, I think it was November, December, and now I'm accepting clients again. But it's just fascinating to me how this pandemic, there were so many bad things that happened, but there was this new shift of people wanting to have connection again. And I think it's great. And I think people are dating now more than ever, to be honest, especially in a busy city like New York. People are just out and about dating. I love that people are coming out of their houses and and coming back to, to life again. And I totally agree with you. There's been a huge shift the last year. And I think people, bef- before the pandemic, 
we were hustling, we were busy, we were we were making moves in our career, we were traveling the world, we were going to concerts and art museums and networking and da-da-da. We were so busy. And it was funny because with all the busyness, it really, it was drowning out our hearts and our need for love and companionship and connection and all of that. And as soon as all the noise went away, I think a lot of us, most of us, all of a sudden those feelings came forth and we're like, oh my goodness. Yes, I love traveling the world. Yes, I love, you know, moving up the the corporate ladder or, you know, making money, you know, whatever it is. I love all this stuff. And I think a lot of people were neglecting their hearts and their souls and their 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 yearning. Oh, I just got chills. Their their yearning desires to have their person and and mm-hmm. now everybody's coming out and calling you apparently. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, and it's crazy because I don't do any marketing whatsoever. It's all referral based. It's all word of mouth. And and I kind of I think that part's fascinating too. Or even if someone's heard me on a podcast and they feel like there's that connection. They're like, you know what? I resonate with her and I like her energy. And then they reach out through someone that knows me and then or sometimes I get a random DM here and there on Instagram and I kind of scope it out and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll take the call. <laughs> no. But it's just crazy. I love that you are so busy and your clientele, you know, you've you've let me see a few of your clients and I'm like, oh we, you got some lookers in there. And I also want to share with everyone that's listening, you are fiercely intelligent. And you are so, your heart is huge and there's so much love to you that radiates out of you always, if it's on social media, on a phone call and professionally, and you have all these beautiful spiritual gifts to you that make you an incredible matchmaker. Like I get so excited when I see your success stories on your Instagram, like the wedding pictures, I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> blotting the tears away <laughs> and and then applauding you at the same time. Oh my gosh, I love it. I know it's three weddings this year. It's insane. And just to think, I just get so excited just when I'm bringing these people together and then a year or two later, or sometimes three years later, they end up getting married and I know they're going to have kids and they're going to bring great, awesome humans into this world. You know, we need more good people in here. So that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just, it's so fulfilling. Um, I don't think there's any better job. I mean, dating, coaching, matchmaking, love is the highest vibration. So it doesn't get much better. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for speaking on our behalves. Cause that's, that's how I feel when I wake up every day. You know, what I do is an extension of me. It's part of me. It is me. And it's, it's about making love happen. And oh my goodness, when I've had clients who've gotten married and then have had children, oh my gosh, to see these babies. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I took, I, I played a role in this. And I've, I've texted my clients when, you know, they've announced the birth of their children. And I'm like, you can name them after me. It is okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) So congratulations on your success, and I am just thrilled for you, thrilled for your clients, and I'm so excited to sit front and center and and witness all the goodness that you are going to do from here on out. It's really exciting. 
And I'll probably send some people your way. I've been sending people your way and super excited for, you know, everyone that you're going to match up this year. And, oh my goodness, I just realized the season's changing. You are going to be so, so busy. Oh yeah. Especially since everything in New York is at this point, everything's open minus a couple clubs here and there. And so people are out dating right now. I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, I have four clients dating, going on a date tonight. And then I have a couple going on a date this weekend. And we do all these like touch bases afterwards or like little prep calls before. But it's just exciting because everyone's out and about and it kind of feels like normalcy is coming back, which is really nice. And and even the clients that I strictly coach. And that's another thing that I really enjoy. And you know this, like when you're coaching someone and it's not just about matchmaking, you're just coaching them because they're out there dating right now, watching them get the results they want is so fulfilling. I mean, to me, that's just as fulfilling as making an introduction because you've been with them holding their hand through the entire process. So it's, yeah, it's great. And something I love about you is that you do dating coaching with your matchmaking. And so many people come to me and they're like, are you a matchmaker? Are you a matchmaker? I'm like, no, because with, without the dating coaching, people are going to screw things up, you know, cause we all have, we all have our, we all have our shit. We all have our shit and uh, including myself. So when we are not handling our stuff and looking at our stuff and improving on our stuff, that gets in the way when we're dating so that you've coupled both matchmaking and dating coaching is amazing. And I I want to talk about your, your, your dating prep. I love when I have clients that are getting ready to go on a date. How do you how do you facilitate that conversation with your clients right before going on a date? What do you, what do you say to them? I love that question. How to prep these. Yes. These prep calls are necessary because I feel like sometimes we let the nerves kick in. Right. And then we forget the things that are kind of important. Right. I tell all my clients, whatever you do, do not overconsume alcohol. And even though it's nice to indulge and I'm all for doing so, but it has to be the right time and place. And I feel like it's so important that when you're on that first date or even on that second date, that you have the right state of mind and you're able to vet for yourself, right? Because if I'm only coaching you, I haven't done any of the vetting because it wasn't my introduction, right? So you need to make sure that alcohol is not taking place where you can really figure out you can use your intuition and figure out, is this person here with the right intentions? Are we looking for the same things? Rather than if you've had a little bit too much alcohol, you kind of forget, do you just kind of go with the flow and you're forgetting like, wait, I'm here to qualify someone. Like, are we actually a match or do we get to the 10th date and realize that we're completely opposites when it comes to politics? You've been drunk on every date. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but you hear it all the time in New York and mm. Miami because the alcohol culture here you know, it's, it's just part of it. And so I always tell my clients, make sure you have one drink, two max, right? And also I'm like, just make sure you have five questions in the back of your head. Try to make sure you have five things that you want to get a takeaway. Because if you come back to me the next day and I'm saying, okay, where is she at with X, Y, Z? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And then I'm like, okay, what about, do you guys share the same religious belief? And they're like, oh yeah, I have no idea. I'm like, okay, hold on here. <laughs> Was this just a fun dinner and you're just trying to be friends? Like, Make it an intentional date where you really figure out, is it worth moving forward? I love that. I love that for so many reasons for the people who are nervous and in their heads and maybe a little insecure that having those five questions gives you something to focus on. And, you know, you can, 
if you start getting nervous and, oh God, I don't know what to say right now. You'd be like, oh, you know, I, I need to ask my, my remaining two questions or tell you for me where I've used this same type of thing is sometimes I will be overly attracted sexually attracted to someone that like my body is on hyperdrive and I'm like so lustful that I'm like, he's hot and I can't get past the hotness. (laughs) So those five questions, like keep me in check. It's like, no girl, like shut down the body for a second. Let's show up with our rational mind (laughs) and get these questions answered. So you're actually, you know, like you said, you're vetting the person that you are you know, learning about this person and not just lusting over that person. Right. And another thing too, Jess, I always tell them to make sure you do the microphone toss. That's the biggest one. I I forgot that for a second, but the microphone toss is great because you want to see if you ask them a question, do they throw back the mic? If you're asking about their family, like, are you family oriented? Let's just say you are very family oriented, right? Mm -hmm. And you say, are you close with your mom or your dad or do you have any siblings? If they don't ask any question back about that, then that's just a little bit something just to think about. And also sometimes we catch ourselves, a lot of people, including myself, you know, if you're really nervous, you forget to just turn it off for a second and throw (laughs) back the mic their way rather than like going on a ramp for 10 minutes. Then you're like, oh goodness, it's time for them to speak. (laughs) So I just tell them 50, 50, 80, 20, you know, whoever's the more outgoing one sometimes, but it's really good to just be self-aware while you're on the date. And when you've had too much alcohol, sometimes you're not as self-aware because you're just kind of going with the flow and had a little bit of drink. So I think it's really important. I love that term, the microphone toss, because some people, they, some people love to talk about themselves and they will just go on and on. And then there's some, both men and women, but I think generally women more often will feel like they need to share everything. Like I got divorced three years ago. I have t- two kids. I da, 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 and they just spill everything. And next thing you know, the the poor guy is asleep at the bar and, you know, and he's bored and, and that microphone toss it's, it's right from the get go. Even if this is, if it's you setting up a couple or if this is a bumble date or whatever, it's already laying the foundation of the relationship. By being respectful, by showing reciprocity, by showing interest and investing. There's so much to that microphone toss. Girl, I love that term. Can I use it? I will give you royalties. You can absolutely use it. I've been using it for years. I just think it's so helpful. And I think people just get it because it makes sense, right? There was another one that I wanted to tell you about that was, you know, it'll come back to me. It'll come back. (laughs) Just like, there's so many, I always do the prep calls under five minutes. Just so it doesn't like overwhelm my clients. We're just kind of having like quick tips. Don't forget to do this. And at the very end, I always say, just go have fun. Just Just see if there's chemistry. Yeah. I love that. And and one of my favorite things to leave my clients with is just go be yourself. Just go be you. And that's something that I've been blessed to have amazing friends in my life. And when I've gotten nervous for dates, they're like, honey, you're freaking amazing. Just go be you and everything will be fine. And if he doesn't like you, well then bye, <laughs> you know? Right. right. Did you think of your thing? Yes. I was like, wait a minute. Cause I was trying to piggyback off what you're saying about oversharing. That is yeah. such a big one. And it's interesting because I have found it just through my research and through 
experiences of my clients where the women tend to overshare because it's more of like an emotional thing. Like you said, they talk about everything they've gone through with their divorce, the kids or what have you. And then the men, it's more about their careers. Mm-hmm. They'll overshare about their entire resume and just talk about how they got a promotion in 2002 and then like go through yeah. the whole timeline. I'm like, okay, hold on. You're going to have that person on snooze for a second. Like just be being mindful of not oversharing. And there's so many things that you can share about yourself, but it has to be earned, right? That time has to be put in where that person deserves to know those deep things about you or some of the things that you've gone through, or how you got to where you are today. I love that. I love that. There's, I always say that we're all like government facilities and we allow certain access to certain people. So some people might get a day pass to the the gift shop or the front lobby. Other people might get a, you know, like a, a year pass to, you know, the more of the inner workings, you know? So, and, and you're right. These, you know, we, I think it's really important to have that integrity and to have some things that we don't share and that we're wise enough to know when those moments are. I had a client, I was in a documentary several years ago and the, the, the gentleman that I was coaching in the documentary, he was a 42 year old virgin and he would tell women within like the first five minutes that he was a virgin. And it was like, bro, like, like reel it in a little bit. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe that stems from a place of insecurity, you know, because mm. he's insecure about that about him. Yep. That's why he's immediately just letting it be known. I had a client, this is years ago when I worked with men and women, and she would say, she would just flat out be like, I have small, I have a very small chest. I just want you to know I want to get it out there. And I'm just like, why would, no, why would you, why would you say that? We're not, we're not sharing our insecurities on a first date. It's, that's something maybe you should work through you know, between you and I, like, or, you know, maybe a therapist, but let's not lead with, I have a small chest. (laughs) Right. We're not doing that. So it's crazy, the stuff that we witness. And that's why I feel like, you know, everyone needs a little bit of polishing here and there, because like, let's just say the rest of the date, she did great. That was just that one little thing that she didn't realize she wasn't aware of. So, you know, different things. Definitely. I also love doing mirror work and using mantras before dates. So one of my biggest things is when I'm getting ready. And so for anyone listening, men or women, you know, guys, if you're shaving, doing your hair, brushing your teeth, you know, women, if you're doing makeup or, you know, whatever, just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you are amazing. You are a great catch. Look at you. You're attractive. You're intelligent. You're successful. You're hot. You know, whatever. It just say these things and look at yourself in the mirror, in the eyes and talk to yourself. Girl, I got to tell you a story. There was one day, it was last summer, I was going on a date and like, I had a, the summertime tan on. I had some white pants on. I was looking very nice. I was looking fine. And I was driving to this guy's house for the, a date and I am in the car at a stoplight looking at myself in the rear of your mirror going, you are that bitch. Like he is so lucky that you're rolling up with your fine ass self on this date. Like you are going to just like blow this man's mind. And I'm talking to myself. There are people in the car (laughs) next to me, looking at me, just staring at me. It was hilarious. Amazing. I love that. But you know what? That confidence is everything. 
just you shine so bright because of that. Like that confidence, it's infectious. And you know what? It's interesting too, because I've realized that a lot of people go into dates with just the wrong mindset of, oh my gosh, I really hope she likes me. I hope she thinks I'm funny. I hope it's like, hold on here, rewind. How about I'm hilarious and I hope she thinks it's funny, but if she doesn't, I'm still funny and I'll just find someone that gets my sense of humor. And instead of thinking like, oh, I hope she likes me. No, I hope I like her. (laughs) Like, I hope I like her. So, right. And I just, I've even found it. I've done that myself where I've had to catch myself be like, no, hold on here. (laughs) I hope I like him. I hope he can make it to round two. So it's just changing that mindset. And then you build on that confidence and you bring that into the date. And it's just, then you become more attractive, you know? You are so right. And I love that you shared that. It's it's changing the script and the language from, will this person like me? Does this person like me? To, will I like them? Am I going to like them? And that's very empowering. And that shifts that energy from being needy and I would say unattractive to independent and empowered and very attractive. And I love that you shared that because that's that's... That's a game changer, you know, for people who sitting are sitting in their car, sitting in Uber, they're going on a date, their nerves are like, blah, 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 blah. and like, oh my God, are they going to like me? Are they going to, no, like, just like time out, hold up, ask yourself that question. And it's a dynamic shift. hundred percent. I've seen it again and again. And I, I preach, but I practice it myself too. Sometimes, you know, I'm human too. Sometimes I get nervous and I'm like, hold on here. <laughs> Let's take a step back. <laughs> It's just, and the more you do it, the more you get practice, the more you get good at it. more you get good at it. That's right. Something mm-hmm. else that I do before I go on dates is I will have, like, you have your five questions. I'll have my things that I will want. I will also set an intention with a lot of dates. So sometimes it's, I just really want to connect with this person and have a fun time. And mm-hmm. other times it's like, okay, I've been on a few dates with this person. I need to find out this certain information. Or, you know, it's it's intentional. So when I set my intention, I set it and forget it. And I won't think about the date. When I'm getting ready for the date, I'll like put in my earbuds, I'll turn on some music. It's one of my favorite times to shower, get ready, do my hair and makeup and get dressed. And I won't think about the date at all. Mm. I will get my Uber, I will go to the date. And right before I walk in, I'll take three deep breaths. I'll say his name. I will focus on him. And I'm like, let's go. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it too. Because I've, I've been, you know, dating for years where I would get so, I'd be nervous all day long leading up to the date. And I would drive myself freaking crazy. And so I had to reel it in and be like, no, no, we are not thinking about that date. So it, it saves it's like a more anxious type person some, some, some grief and headache by doing that little exercise. For sure. And I even tell my clients sometimes meditating and I know not every, like, you know, I meditate, you meditate, but not everyone is, you know, spiritual or what have you. But I really think that if you just get on YouTube and you turn on a three minute meditation, just to really tune out for a second, you will feel so much better guys. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't tried it, just give it a shot. It's worth it. It is worth it. And I love that you said three minutes. It doesn't have to be 
a 30 minute, an hour long, you're sitting in, you know, cross-legged pose, like a, you know, a yogi on a mountaintop. No, just sit down and breathe. And, and that's something I will also tell my clients too, on the date, take nice, slow, deep breaths. Like every once in a while, catch yourself at some point and be like, okay, take a nice deep breath while that person's talking. Just, you know, you don't have to sit there and do some pranayama, you know, <laughs> but just taking some nice deep breaths and that will help to, to keep the body in a, in a calm state. For sure. And you know what, just to kind of enter that intuition piece, I know you and I wanted to discuss it's when you're in that calm state, you're able to be more intuitive and you're able to really tap into it. So when you're on the date and you're kind of feeling it out, like, how does this person make me feel? Do I feel comfortable or do I kind of feel judged? Do I feel pressured? Do I feel stressed? But the kind of stress I would get if I'm with my boss or just stress because it's just a little bit the nerves, you know, there's different types of stress. And I think tapping into it and trying to recognize how that person makes you feel is really helpful to figure out, is this worth moving forward? Yes, yes, yes. And doing, doing that, I love to do body scans that I will sit there, like just sitting at a bar, you could be in the hottest club, you know, like music's popping and drinks are flowing and you could just, okay, what does my body feel like right now when I'm sitting next to this person? And like, what sensations am I experiencing? And you can do this, you know, in a few moments, you're not completely checking out and your date's like, hello, are you still there? But you could just feel into your body, you know, it, oh, there's tightness in my hip. Something feels a little off or like, oh, I feel like drained. icky butterflies or drained or... Mm-hmm. Jess, I swear, there's this translate, not just for dating, but also when you're out with your friends and you're on a, like a friend date, for example, like, how do I feel? Does this person drain my energy or do I feel empowered around them? Do I feel more energized around them? Because I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you can apply this with friends as well. And I think that there's something to say about when you get home and you just feel completely drained and heavy because maybe someone unloaded on you. And that's something to really look at. Or if, especially if you're on a date and someone didn't really toss the mic back and forth and you feel like you, you know, held space for them to share so much. And then you feel exhausted after a date because you're wearing all that heaviness. That's something to look deep into. That's honestly, I consider that a red flag. I don't consider that yellow flag. That's a red flag because that means that there's a lot going on there and you're not a therapist. (laughs) So, mm -hmm. Uh, yes, that is such good advice. And I think it's, it's great to apply that. Like you said, with your friends and your family and strangers, because so often when we want to try something new in our love life, some people can find it daunting or a little scary because we get in our heads and, you know, it's dating can be a little overwhelming and we can get scared and nervous. So when we practice with our friends, that is a beautiful opportunity to get used to it. You know, it's like, Oh, and, and again, for those of you who are not accustomed to listening to your intuition, it's one thing I just want to touch on. It's not about judgment. So you're not sitting there judging the person like, you make me feel like crap. No, it's just really like, okay, how how is my body feeling right now? And, and then you're like, okay, why is that? And you don't have to therapize yourself in the moment, but later on after a date or after being with friends, then you can reflect like, 
Like you were saying, I felt really drained the other night when I got home. Well, why is that? Oh, because, and then you can start to unpack what, what happened and figure it out and use your, you know, when we use our intuition, it's in our limbic system and it's spiritual and it's in our subtle body and our energetic body. And it's, it's lovely to later on apply our rational brain and let our, our, you know, our mental and, you know, more rational brain to decipher it. And so that's a really beautiful exercise you can do post-date. Absolutely. And I do think it's, sometimes it can be a little bit hard to distinguish whether is this heaviness because I worked myself up at the beginning. So I got so nervous. And then I was like, wow, this is a lot of energy, a lot of adrenaline. And then you're crashing at the end versus did that person just unload all this energy on me and just told me a lot of dark stuff and overshared. So I feel heavy because I have all of their energy. I do think it's sometimes hard to distinguish. So that's why it's so good to reflect when you get home to figure out, okay, how did this date really pan out? Was it the nerves that, and all the adrenaline at the beginning and now I'm crashing from it? Or was it, I barely even talked the whole time. He just, he, she, whoever, you know, unraveled all this really heavy stuff. Um, and I can speak through my own experience. Recently, I went on a date and someone did that to me where I don't think I barely, I don't think he walked away knowing anything about me. I just let him talk the entire time cool. and just, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I realized that he really just needs a therapist. He really does. He's going through a lot and he shouldn't be in the dating market whatsoever. Mm. So it's about being self-aware. About being self-aware. Yep. And we are nobody's therapists. We are nobody's rehab centers, training facilities, halfway house, none of that. (laughs) Halfway house. I love it. (laughs) Oh, and something that Patty Stryker, she said on her, what was her TV show? Millionaire Matchmaker? Oh, Patty Stanger. Yes. Stanger. Yes. Matchmaker on Bravo. Mm -hmm. Yes. So she would say, don't decipher a date the night of the date or the day of the date. Wait for the next day, get some sleep and then evaluate the date. And I love that. I always kept that little nugget of wisdom that, and I use that. It's like, and I'll even every once in a while, I'll do that with the the guys that I've dated. And I do it with my clients too. I will wait and be like, you know, experts say that you will you know, have a, a good idea of how the date went the day after. So how are you feeling? How was our date? I completely agree with that though, because especially if you wake up the next day and you kind of have that, mm, I really want to talk to see, to talk to that person from last night. I wonder how they're doing this morning. And you kind of yearn that connection with them. That says a lot. That means that there is some kind of connection there and it's worth it. It's worth another date. For sure. That's right. Or you wake up and, well, I've done sometimes, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have, that the night of the date, it's almost like when you're out with your friends planning a trip to Cancun or not friends, but strangers or something, you know, like you met a great group of women. You're like, oh my God, let's go to Cancun and let's just have a party. And the next morning you're like, I don't even remember that girl's name and I don't want to go anywhere with her. (laughs) We are not going to Cancun together. So I feel like a date can be like that too, that sometimes we might be excited about the date as we are going to sleep and then we process because we process our, a lot of emotion 
while we sleep, a lot of energy. So when we wake up the next day, it's almost like a clean slate. And, you know, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that person again. I'm really excited. And then sometimes you're like, wow, that like, yeah, something, something shifted into my sleep and it was because of the processing. And you know what, that shift is your gut feeling. And I always, that is the intuition piece. When people are like, well, what is intuition? How do I tap into that? That gut feeling is intuition. So listen to that. The whole, "Mm, I'm not so sure I want to see that person ever again. Didn't quite feel right the next morning. Definitely listen to your gut because your body knows best always. Right. How does your intuition come through? You know, I've been trying to figure that out for years. (laughs) It's just so random. Sometimes I just feel it, right? It's like a voice in my head and it's also a feeling. And then when I feel that shift and I feel like a strong pull, then I know that this is my intuition. When it's just kind of like a thought and it's not really intense whatsoever, then I know that's not my intuition. I'm just kind of like, you know, living a normal day. But it's usually when it's coming in hot. Is what I say. <laughs> Coming in hot. I love that. <laughs> and that is a great descriptor. Thank you for sharing that. Cause yeah, those those fleeting thoughts that kind of trickle in. And though that's not your intuition generally. It, it's those, it's more the coming in hot, the bold, like, oh, this this person has trauma, or there's something weird going on here, or oh my God, this is my soulmate. Like these, it's these like booming moments that they can come through really, really hot. I love that. And, you know, being friends with you, I can say from the outside looking in is you are, you have the gift of knowing that just boom, something will come to you and you will just know. And there's no rational reason for your you knowing and it just is divinely coming through you. That's that's something that I love that you do. And you know what? I don't I don't always discuss that with my clients. Like sometimes I'll mention it like, yeah, well, there's also an intuition piece because for me with matchmaking, I can tap into it and figure out, is this a good match? Do I really think that their energies are going to match with each other? And that's the piece that it just can't be taught. And there's a lot of matchmakers out there, Patty Stanger being one of them, she has that intuition piece. She can tap right in. She's good. mm -hmm, She'll just know if they're at the least, if they'll have a good time. Right. So in that intuition, you just can't, you just can't explain it. It's just like a feeling that you get. Yep. It just comes to you. And I found that with my clients, as soon as I get on the phone with a client and they start talking about like, oh, I met this guy and and we're going to do this, more often than not, I will have, I will know what's going to happen on the date. Mm. I will just intuitively know. And sometimes I share and and sometimes I don't. And it's it's fascinating to me what's what we can see when we tap into our, our spiritual and psychic gifts. And, and that's something that I love. I'll, I'll have a vision when I'm talking to a client and I'm like, Ooh, okay. And, and I could coach them around that. So if I see something come up, I'll be like, Hey, you know, while you're talking to this person, why don't you look at X, Y, and Z or da, 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 da. So I can work with it. And other times it's like, 
Oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep my mouth shut right now. And when they call me tomorrow, I will probably know what's going to be debriefed to me in that phone call. Right. Because sometimes clients don't just like, just like you and I, sometimes we're not ready to hear it. You know, we're just not ready to know what's the outcome of it. We're kind of on this ride on this journey and it hasn't been shown to us yet. Even though maybe our friends know what's going to happen, (laughs) you know, everyone else knows, but we have to figure it out for ourselves. And we just need someone to guide us through it and support us. You know, if it does crash and burn or, you know, (laughs) if it goes the other direction, but I've definitely found it that sometimes, like you said, you kind of have that intuition and you know how it's going to play out, but you just have to let it wait and see unless they ask. If they really push and they're like, help me with this, I need to know if you're getting anything from this, like getting anything intuitively, then I'm like, sure, you know, I'll share. And I love that you and I will do that to each other privately. I'll be like, Talia, this is, this is what went down the other night. Tell me. And you're like, oh, honey, pull up a seat. <laughs> Pour a glass of wine. I'm going to lay it on you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But I love when you ask me, right? Because I never just tell you right off the bat. Yeah. I'm like, give it to me. Good, the bad, the amazing, the ugly, whatever it is, give it to me. Uh, <laughs> and I really believe that everybody has psychic gifts. I really believe that everyone has something and... So for the people who are listening and they're like, you know what? I don't consider myself psychic. I mean, personally, I don't know people who, like my friends and people I associate with, nobody calls themselves psychic. Nobody's, you know, walks around saying, I am claircognizant or, you know, whatever it is. I don't even claim to be psychic either. Like, I just think I'm more intuitive than most. (laughs) I love that. And I think you're psychic. And... (laughs) (laughs) So for the people who are listening and maybe you are not spiritually inclined, maybe you are, maybe you're like, I used the term spiritual curious yesterday, which cracked me up, that maybe try on that you might be psychic, that you might be intuitive and really just be present with yourself while you are swiping, while you are sitting on a date, while you are on a phone call, just just feel into your body and see if there's messages coming from your body because your body speaks, as you said. If there is voices coming into your heads, and I'm not saying that you're crazy, but like those, how we were just mentioning those, those, those lights, you know, normal, um, the, you know, the normal talk that goes in our heads, goes on in our head is not our intuition. It's often these booming, very apparent, bold face things that are coming there's that. There's maybe you're sitting on a date and a song comes on the radio and all of a sudden you might get like, wow, the song is the lyrics It you know, and we can be also attuned to our environment that things like that are going to show up. Maybe, you know, it's, it's something that somebody says, I was on a, I was on a date one time with a guy and he was talking and he was walking as we were we were talking and walking and we walked by a bridal store and all of a sudden i was like oh my god now i wasn't going to marry him but i felt like the universe was speaking to me saying honey you will be married just just so you know so that's like a you know just one example of how spirit speaks to us through our environment 
Absolutely. Actually, I wanted to touch on this because there's so many, you know, I typically only work with men, right? And I always tell them, I'm like, when you're working on these big business deals and you have a new investor coming in and your guts, your guts talking to you and saying, something doesn't feel right about this deal. I shouldn't go through with it. And then you call your assistant and you call your other partners. You're like, I don't think we should push this forward. I'm like, you have it. You don't even realize you have it. Use that exact voice into your love life because that right there tells me that if you can close that many deals and they didn't go sideways because you knew something was off or you felt that, yes, this deal feels amazing. I'm going to go through with it. We're going to close whatever, you know, that you do in business. A lot of people have it and they just forget that they can translate that in their love life. You are spot on with that and, you know, practicing with, within our business, you know, feeling our intuition professionally with our family all the time when we're at the grocery store, when, you know, whatever it is, practice then and then pinpoint how your intuition comes in, experiment with it. And then, like you said, take it into your dating world. And honey, I just, I find it really interesting how many successful, amazing, brilliant people mm-hmm. will struggle with their love lives. It's fascinating. Isn't mm-hmm. it? It is because professionally they're so successful. They have all the things, right? But with their personal love life, it's like completely got left out. And, you know, I found it to be a trend here during COVID where some of them that were very, very successful were also very, very busy. So it actually came down to just through my research, right? That it could be because they're just not giving, they're not creating the space they're not holding space for their love life mm. because they're they're willing to go over, you know, an hour after that call. Like they know they were supposed to end at 6 p.m., but they're willing to push it till 6.45. And that right there like led to them being late on that date. And then that date didn't take them seriously because they were 30 minutes behind or whatever. You know, it's like, but then when the, you know, when the pandemic happened, now all of a sudden they're not as busy and they were able to really give it more time. So I think there's a correlation between success and having really making time for your love life. Mm, absolutely. And prioritizing it and to have value with it that I think, you know, men especially equate their value to their income, to their success. And, you know, it's, again, the the gift of COVID was, you know, just a deeper in a reflection. And I think a lot of men that were super successful then all of a sudden stopped and were like, you know what? I'm sitting here in my big house with my beautiful cars, money in my account, working from home. Boy, it'd be really nice to Netflix and chill with uh, a woman of integrity who's virtuous, who has a hot ass and a big heart. And, you know, we can laugh and cook tacos on taco Tuesday and, and, and live life together, do life together. And I, I think that's something that is really beautiful about where we are right now as a society. I really feel like a lot of people's hearts are open right now. For sure. And this is something that I've noticed where the, some of my clients have such a busy schedule. I mean, they're on calls. Some of them have to take calls in China. So they're up at like six o'clock in the morning, sometimes four 30 in the morning. And it goes on and on, but I'll tell you the ones that really want a successful love life, they make time and the ones, 
and they get the results too. And the ones that don't quite, you know, they're always running late to their dates or they're just always running late to our coaching calls. I'm like, you're just not putting in enough effort. And you're telling the universe, you're telling us like, you're just not ready. Yep. And it's that mixed signals that we're sending. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people do that with their careers, or it could be emotional stuff that people are like, oh, I'm ready. And then they have significant problems even liking the opposite sex or the same sex, whomever they're wanting to be in a relationship with. And it's like, wow, you're sending mixed signals to the universe because the universe, you know, is like, you could place spiritual orders all the time. And if you're saying, you know what, I I want a great person, but I don't have time. The universe is like, well, honey, what do you want me to do? What do you want? So they are, they're going to send you all kinds of awkward situations because the universe is trying. The universe wants to deliver. Mm-hmm. The universe wants to deliver. And if you're, if you are really wanting a relationship, but you're letting your career overtake your entire life and you have no boundaries around it, the universe is like, well, shoot, well, we're going to send you a woman that's or a man, whatever, we're going to send you a person that is marginally invested, slightly available emotionally, and you're probably not going to like it, but this is what you ordered. You know what, Jess? Do you think that who you are is what you call in? (laughs) Yes. Like what? I think so too. I really do think that what you bring to the table and who you are is what the universe is going to give you back. So if you're like, you know what? I'm going to square away X amount of hours per week so that if I am using a dating app and I am taking some time to, you know, vet and swipe and do whatever, then that person also that's seeking you is also going to be blocking off some time to hopefully be able to meet. So I just think it's something to think about, you know, it is. And, you know, it's one of those things. If you're not Like, just be honest with yourself. If you're not ready for a relationship, but you kind of want to, you just want to, you want to date and get your feet wet and all that good stuff. Great. Do that. If you want to just, if you just want to hook up and just have casual relationships. Okay. Do that. You know what, whatever it is, go do that. Just make sure you're, you're right with yourself first. Like you Mm -hmm. gotta, you, you gotta have a sit down and see where you're at and look in the mirror something that I often have my clients do sometimes to build their self-esteem and then sometimes to like a reality check is asking, what do you bring to the table? Like ask yourself, what do you bring to the table? Because so many people are looking externally and they're like, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And they're failing to see what's going on with them. And a lot of times there's, there's misalignments. Do you, do you find that people are more apt to like, I want this person. It's more like a gimme, gimme, gimme kind of attitude as opposed to like, this is what I'm going to share, share, share. Oh, hundred percent. And that's why the coaching is so important with the matchmaking because then we're able to coach on that. Like, how can I be the best version of myself so that I can call those things in? Hmm. It's a thing. I've been saying. I love that you bring that up because I've been saying that a lot this last year. You attract what you you attract what you are, not what you want. You attract what you are, not what you want. That is that is huge, and and know mm-hmm. that every little thing that you do, if it's a journal exercise, if it's a session with with us or uh, meditation or whatever it is, that that 
that is increasing your your wellness and your value and your worth. It's it it's 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 all worth it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes I feel like people's ego is what gets in the way, and it's and I'm like, let's talk about ego. What what is ego? Right? Ego is so complex. But I feel like sometimes your ego will eat at you and say, you know what? No, I don't, I don't need the extra help. I got this. And it's like, well, why not be the best version of yourself? Why not really strive for that? And let's put our ego to the side and tell your ego, sit down. We're not doing this. Or let me have control over this because I want results. You can negotiate with the ego. You can have a good conversation with the ego and 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 put it to good use because the 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 ego is there. Yes, it hinders us sometimes, you know, in dramatic ways, but it's there for a reason. It's a bodyguard. It is, it is a personal bodyguard of, of yours and it's important. And you can also, there's times you could tell that bodyguard, I don't need you on this, on this project. I don't need you right now. You can, you can sit down and relax, but thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much for having my back, but I don't need you to bust any chops right now or, you know, be present. (laughs) (laughs) So, are you seeing any themes right now as far as your clients? Are they coming to you with similar problems or difficulties, or are they coming to you with similar requests or desires? Are are, are you seeing any themes right now in, in matchmaking or in dating? Yeah. The biggest theme right now is truly the busyness of the people that are successful, that have a really good professional life that are finally saying, Hey, I'm really ready for this. I want to be married by next year. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> next year. They're like, yes, I want to be married by next year. And I'm like, okay, I never thought I'd hear you say that, but okay, let's do it. And I think that it's, there's this trend of that urgency where before it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm ready to settle down. It's, it was more of like a casual conversation versus now people are like, I want to get married. <laughs> And I'm like, great. Okay. So there's less of the whole commitment phobes, less of the, you know, I'm just looking for a relationship. I'm just looking for a partnership, just looking for a connection. It's more of like, no, I'm ready for the whole entire package. You know, I want to date them. I want to propose. I want to get on one knee. I want to get married. I want to bring kids into this world. And hearing that level of commitment talk, it's so refreshing. I'm like, you know what? This is great. This is a new shift. I am so excited about that because, you know, having feelings and commitment have been like public enemy number one in the, in the relationship world for so long. And it's like, I always think it's stupid. I'm like, why are you even messing around if you don't want to catch feelings? Why are you even, why are we even here right now? If you don't want to commit at some point, if this is good. So to hear that that's the new theme I am so excited to hear that. I, honey, I was out with my girlfriends last weekend and, you know, we're having a good time. We're looking all fine, you know, all dressed and, you know, done up. And we were talking about love and relationships and everything. And everybody was in a different place in their love life. So it was a, a nice mix. And I just kind of, all of a sudden, just out of my mouth, I'm like, I want a husband. And it was like, every woman at the table was like, Jessica Smith just said she wants a husband. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for a husband. And like those words don't, they don't come in out of my mouth very frequently. They've never come out of my mouth. 
<laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> oh, that's amazing though. What a shift. Mm. And I, I love that you're seeing that as the theme that I'm feeling it. It's it's happening. It's real. And and I think that's speaking to the the collective conscious mm-hmm. and how the collective consciousness is shifting. And it's it's shifting from that space of ego to a space of love. And so that tells me there's been a lot of healing occurring with our collective in the last year. There's been a lot of work. So for all of you people out there listening right now that have been doing the work, that have been sitting with your shit, that have been celebrating yourself, that have been asking yourself hard questions, you've been journaling, you've been reading, you've been you know, seeing coaches, you've been like diving into your well-being and who you are and getting better. Like my hat's off to you. I salute you. I pat you on the back. I high five you. I cheers you because you are not only when you build yourself up, you contribute to the collective consciousness. When you win, we all win. And oh, it like gives me goosebumps because it's like, I know there are so many people out there that are doing incredible work on themselves. And, mm. it, it, you know, we we all benefit from it. And that's why we're seeing this, this shift going from, ew, feelings are gross and noncommittal to, no, I I want to have a husband. I want to create this amazing relationship. I want to live this life and it's living with intention. And girl, I'm just like all fired up right now. <laughs> I know. I just love it. I'm here for, it. I'm like, yes, no. And you know what? There's, and even when I hear my girlfriends talk about, you know, self-doubt that, oh man, are they ever going to have a monogamous relationship? Or are they going to have to settle for an open relation? I'm like, hold on here. Pause. Let's shift out of that mindset. That is so 2020, 2019. No, no, no. There is a hundred percent someone out there for everyone. And if you're looking for a monogamous relationship, you can have that. And you just have to believe that you have to truly tell the universe, this is what I want, call it in. And guess what? It's coming your way. That person is seeking you just as much as you were seeking them. That's right. And I think having that knowing and having hope and keeping that alive is so important. I had a client who, God, love her. She is like one of my biggest fans. She watches everything and sends me so much love. And she told me one time in a session when we were talking about, because a lot of times with my people, I will, I will gauge how they're feeling about love because, you know, going back to that vibration that we attract what we are, I need to see where they're at. I need to see that level of hope. Like, where is it? Is it low? Is is morale low? Is it high? You know, where is it? Because that is telling me their power of manifestation and who and what and when and all that stuff. And so I was asking her, I'm like, I was asking her about, you know, the probability or the likelihood that she would find her person. And she looked at me and with like every ounce of her being said, I know he exists because I exist. Ooh, Jess, I love that so much. That is powerful. So many people will, you know, they, people will judge single people, like single people judge single people, which just boggles my mind. I'm like, bitch, you're single. Why are you sitting there looking at the other person saying there must be something wrong with them? 
There, you know, there must be something wrong with them because they're single. And what she said, you know, I know he exists because I exist. Because you right now, you are amazing. You're an amazing catch. And you are love and all. I could go on and on and name all kinds of things. But you are this amazing person. And you are looking for love. Mm. And knowing that you exist, there is many other people out in the world that are like you that are, are a great catch as well. And I think that's really important to remember, not only uh, for etiquette when we're out dating, that we're not like, we're not looking at the other person looking for, well, what's wrong with you? Right. Oh, I think there's nothing more rude on a date than someone saying, so tell me, why are you still single? It's like, if there's one thing that you get out of this podcast that just please shift is if you've ever said that to anyone, don't ever say it again, because it's not going to get you to that finish line. It's not going to make that person feel good. And also by you saying that it's like, you've got those, you've got it pointing right back at you. You're on that date too. So yeah. And I see that so often and I don't, it's weird because you would think you would hear from more one gender than the other, but I've heard that I've heard it from both sides that both people have actually had that happen to them. So it's not just one person more than the other, but it's definitely something that it has to go away. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Everyone make note of that. And it's so true. And you and I hear it on the daily. Mm -hmm. We hear, you know, why are you single? I'm like, quit asking the person that that does not feel good. It puts them in a defensive. Like there must, there must be something wrong with me. This person thinks there's something wrong with me. It's like, darling, I'm single for the same reasons you're single. I'm amazing. I just haven't found my person yet. Boom. End of, end of discussion. Right. And that's the whole thing too, is if you're on a date and you're trying to really connect with the person in front of you and you're trying to see if there's a little bit of romance, you're trying to see if like there's a connection, how are you guys going to have a romantic piece or connection moment? If you're talking about that, it's just not going to happen. It's not an uplifting conversation to have. Exactly. Wait, Jess, I just thought of something else. What? What do you think? So what do you think about people talking about exes on a first date? (laughs) Oh, I love that question. Um, Don't talk about exes on the first date. I will only bring up exes when it's absolutely necessary. And that's usually when we're starting to go down that road of having a relationship. Uh, The only only value I see in talking about exes is in purposes for sharing to benefit the relationship. For example, if there's been some trauma mm. and you you're like, you know what, I'm I had this happen and la la la, and I just wanted you to be aware of it. Um, sometimes it's just practical in logistics, you know. Sometimes it can be, well, I have an ex-wife, she lives here in town. Um she's mostly good. Sometimes she goes off the handle a little bit. We have two kids, and you know, I want you to be aware of that. That the whole idea, I think that's, I hope that it's becoming a little archaic. I hope of this. I'm going to share everything that happens. I met my ex and such and such. We got married and this is what our relationship, that whole lengthy drawn out storytelling is just like, you'd never have to do that again. You never have to tell that, that story ever again. 
<laughs> Agreed. No, that's, I'm so glad we're on the same page about this. I mean, I kind of assumed we would be because we're always on the same page. Yeah. Um, but I completely agree. And I'm just thinking, because for some reason, I've found it where people like to ask questions about exes on the first date. And I'm thinking to myself, guys, how do you expect to have any banter or connection or romantic element with that conversation? It's it's usually not like a fun conversation. It's just like something that maybe needs to, like you said, there's some things maybe someone needs to know, but those things come with like date five and up in my opinion. Agreed. So there's no point in doing that on a first date. And if you've never had a dating coach, and you're listening to this right now. I hope you're just taking a note that from here, moving forward, no more asking about excellent first. And you know what? If somebody puts you on the spot on a first date and they say, well, um, so tell me when's the last time you're in a relationship? Who was he? Like, where's he from? Or puts you on the spot. It's okay to decline that. So, you know, what? I'd love to share that with you if we get further along this process. But right now I'm just, I'm just trying to get to know you. I just want to have a good time with you. I love that. And I love how like sweet and flirty you were there. Um, that's something I would do too. It's the deflection in a sweet way. Like, you know what? We could talk about my ex, but I would much rather talk about you. Yes. <laughs> so I, I love that you asked that and you share that. And um, because it is a thing. And also something else for the parents out there, the single parents that are dating, I've noticed a lot of people, both men and women, because there are a lot of single dads out there that are amazing dads that are 100% committed to their children. They are number one, amazing parents, same with women. And I've noticed they will bring their children in very, or bring them into the conversation very, very early, especially for the women who their identity is wrapped up in motherhood. They will lead heavy with that on the first couple dates. And I'm always like, honey, yes, your children are priority number one. We know. But right now, right now, this man needs to get to know you. This person needs to get to know you and and not you as the mother, but you as the woman. What do you think of that? I completely agree. And, you know, I haven't worked with that many women that have children because I don't, as of right now, I'm not working with women. So but here's what I will say. I've seen it over and over again because I've had my male clients tell me like, oh my God, she talked about her kids for like 30 minutes. And I don't even, I feel like I know her kids better than I know her. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm sorry that happened. I was like, give her another chance. Let's have, let's give her another chance. If everything else was great, but it's really, it's a thing. It's definitely, you want to share who you are and we know your mother and we know that's part of your everyday life. But yeah, what do you find funny? What do you, what kind of movies do you watch? What's the one city that you went to? You felt like it changed you. You know, there's just so many things about you that you can share where people can really dig deeper. Mm-hmm. Talia, I just adore you. And I love all the wisdom that you share. And oh, I am, I am thrilled for your clients and all the success that you've had and that you will have. And Oh, it's, it's great having you on the show. Thank you so much. No, Jess, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. I've been wanting to do this. So this is amazing. I am so glad you're here. And okay. So let's talk about your services because I know there's people out there that are like, how can I find her? Where is she? Uh, I need, I need the details. (laughs) Oh, I love that. No. Yeah. You know, honestly, the best way to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM either myself or someone from my team will reach out and 
just mention how you found out about me. Just say, Hey, I heard your podcast from, you know, Jessica Smith, and then I'll immediately put the two together. So that's the best. So yeah, it's my Instagram's at T H A L I A O U I M E T. And that's probably the best way. And that handle is in the show notes. So people can go right to the show notes and click on that and find you and slide into those DMs, girl. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Thank you again, honey, for, for being you, for being so amazing, for being radiant, gorgeous, intelligent. And thank you for making love happen in this world and for doing your part to make the world a more loving place. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you to all of you who are listening right now. I appreciate you. You guys, I've been getting so much love from you guys in my DMs that I like my heart has been overflowing with the love. So thank you. Thank you. Don't stop. Keep sending me love. I'll keep filling up. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, get out there and love each other.